Hello and welcome to our viewers on CruxInvestor.com and also to our listeners on CruxCast, our new podcast series. We're here today with Jeff Pontius. He's the CEO of Corvus Gold. How are you? Good. Excellent. And welcome to London. Thanks. Yeah. So you're attending the one-to-one -one conference. Yep. How's that going? Really good. It's a good investor base here and uh, we're having lots and lots of interaction with the investors. Why don't we start off with a two, three minute version of the story? And then we'll kind of get into some questions and we'll take it from there. Right. Uh, Corvus is really driven around a new discovery that we have uh, north of Las Vegas, about a two-hour drive mm. north of Las Vegas in an area we call the Walker Lane. Mm. Uh, it's currently right now, uh, we did a PEA in November that popped an in-pit resource of about 3.6 million ounces in four different open pits that are all centrally located. Mm. Uh, that uh, creates a, a, a production profile of about uh, 2.6 million ounces. And most importantly, over the first four years, it produces at about 350,000 ounces a year. So this is a significant deposit for Nevada. It's the kind of thing major mining companies really want to get involved in. Right, okay. I mean, Nevada was a prolific. Yeah, I mean, who are the, who are the neighbors? Well, uh, this area of the Walker Lane has produced about uh, 100 million ounces. Uh, Ken Ross is the nearest neighbor to us with the Round Mountain Project to the north, produces about a half a million a year. Uh, and of course, in northern Nevada, we have Newmont and Barrick, and now the Newmont Barrick JV. Right, okay. So um, tell us a little bit about the, the, the numbers around this, so sure. we can actually have a bit more of a useful conversation. Yeah, I, I, really for us, it's, it's uh, one of these projects that have a relatively low cash cost associated with it. The first four years are running under $600 an ounce. Uh, life of mine project, everything included, is about 680 uh, what's really most important for us is we have some very important neighbors around us. Uh, just to the south of us is Coor Mining, who just bought our neighbor for about $100 million, uh, and that's very encouraging for us. Uh, it was really about $120 an ounce uh, of contained. Uh, and then most importantly to the north of us is Anglo Gold, who have a brand new discovery at the Silicon uh, deposit and mm -hmm. uh, Anglo actually now has moved their ownership of Corvus up to 19.9 percent. Right, okay, okay. And what, what about the numbers? What market cap today? Uh, market cap today we're trading at about 120 US, 120 million US. Right. Uh, and then if you look at the share price it's uh, probably about dollar uh, uh, 25 US. Right. Uh, what's, that, what's that done in the last year? Uh, actually, it's it's done quite well. It's uh, it's gone up uh, quite a bit. Although over the last uh, four or five months, we had a big uh, 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 investor that sold a block of stock, and that right. traded through. And so we we're seeing a bit of a depressed price right now. Right. Uh, so so it's a great opportunity time. It it is and cash. Cash, we have about 5.5 million, which fully funds our exploration program for the next 12 months. Right, and then what's, what's it look like after that? Uh, after that, we'll probably end up uh, uh, in a process of raising money again. Mm -hmm. uh, typically, Corvus is unique. Uh, we've never done a bank deal, never done a broker deal. We've never issued a warrant. Uh, so uh, we've raised all the money for Corvus 
with uh, key shareholders under private placement. Right. And uh, actually right now we have uh, Anglo at 19.9. We've got Tocqueville, who've now moved their position up to 19.3%, Tocqueville Gold Fund out of New York. Right. Uh, Van Eck is now up at 9.8%. Uh, right. uh, that's Joe Foster's managed accounts. Right. Our management group, we bought those same deals in the market, and we have about a little over 7% of the deal. So why are you on the road? Uh, we're really out there communicating our story. Uh, since we've never done bank deals or broker deals, yeah. we don't get a lot of coverage. Right. So uh, Corvus continually goes out and meets shareholders. Uh, we have a big shareholder here in London, Ruffer, the Ruffer Group, yeah. uh, who've been adding to their position recently. So uh, for us, it's important to get out and meet those shareholders, keep them up to speed, and try and communicate with new shareholders. Right. Okay. So you've, you've come to the one-to-one -one conference. I think it's a great conference, one of the better mm -hmm. ones. Uh, for sure. I mean, what type of investors are you meeting? You've got a bunch of institutional guy, Ruffer, we know, yep. family office. Yeah. But are you talking to retail? Uh, yeah, we have a big retail holding, predominantly in the U.S. Right. Uh, about 75% of our shareholders are U.S. Right. And uh, we do reach out to as many retail shareholders as we can. Uh, and those are important guys for us because they come in and watch, follow the company closely and, and watch as we progress the company along. And drives a bit of liquidity, a bit yeah, more absolutely. volume, and it's about driving that share price up. Yeah. Because you know, it's been a rocky ride for gold this year. Yeah, it's been tough for juniors in particular and uh, very difficult to raise money. Uh, but, you know, Corvus is lucky in the fact that we've, we've had it probably easier than most as we've gone along. Yeah, I think, I think that's for sure. I think, have you seen in North America that a lot of the institutions are kind of pulling away from juniors because they sort of, they need, they need the liquidity, Yeah. right? You're 120 million bucks, which I guess gets you over that 100 million hurdle. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we're lucky we don't have a lot of Canadian ownership. Mm. Uh, we've seen the funds in Canada be suffered from a lot of redemption uh, driven selling. Mm. So, uh, you know, we're, we're fortunate in the fact that we've got some pretty solid funds behind the company uh, that aren't facing those challenges like the typical resource investor would be in Canada. Right, and, and do you see the issues that you face with regards to this sort of fluctuating, fluctuation of your share price? Is that, well, first of all, is that a fair description? <laughs> uh, but but sec secondly, I mean, do you put that down entirely to price or do you put that down to your actions of 2018? Well, I think that uh, a lot of it is driven purely by the, the overall dynamics in the gold sector. Right. It's, uh, we've certainly seen a pullback in the junior sector in gold. Uh, even though gold price is quite good, from our project that's all modeled at 1250 and produces uh, $580 million after-tax 5% discount NPV at 38% IRR, uh, gold price seems to be a bit of uh, uh, a labor on the junior sector. And I think until we see gold move up to the $1,400, $1,500 level, uh, we won't get back in that bull gold market again. So I think it comes part and parcel with the, with the overall sector. So where does that sit with your strategy? I mean, what, what are you planning? I mean, you fully priced at $1,250. That's fully priced, right? So $1,400, $1,500, when's that coming down the line? Well, we'll see. I, I don't predict gold price anymore, so it's one of those things that right. I, I try not to reach out for. Right. Corvus is probably going to be a transaction. 
our, our big shareholder, Anglo Gold, has a new discovery just north of us. Right. They look like uh, district consolidators. They've said some very favorable things about Corvus in the press. And so I, I have a feeling that the Corvus shareholders are probably going to, uh, even if gold price stays fairly stagnant now, benefit from a, a premium takeout deal probably within the next 12 to 18 months. So, but someone like Anglo, Yep. Gold. They, they've got options. They've probably got options on a bunch of different companies, right? They do. They they have said publicly they really want to re-enter North America. Right. And uh, I used to be the North American exploration manager for Anglo. In fact, most of our people right. are ex-Anglo. And so we know that, that these guys really would like to come back to North America. When they sold Cripple Creek, that was not something they really wanted to do. They sort of had to do it. Mm. So I think that you're going to see those guys re-enter. And the current CEO is very experienced with Nevada, Kelvin Dashinsky. And uh, Kelvin is a, is a big fan of Nevada. So this is their Nevada play. So This is the one? This Well, this is the only one they have. Right, okay. Because you, you're saying there has been recently some, obviously well-known one, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of consolidation in this market. And yeah. there's, there's more to come. Probably, yeah. So if Angela don't step in for whatever reason, yeah, right. what are your options? What are you planning for? Well, what we're doing right now is developing a project that could be developed in stages. Mm. Uh, we put out the PEA built around what an Anglo Gold or a Newmont would want. And so what we're doing right now is we have an oxide option that would be a phase one. Right. And uh, that would be a lower capital project, uh, somewhere around 100 million, as right. opposed to the 450 yeah. that uh, this project is right now. Uh, produce about 120,000 ounces a year, but high margin. Mm. Uh, so th there's a lot of groups that are interested in that scale of project. And so I think that's, we're doing a lot of exploration work right now on new discovery targets. Mm. They look very encouraging to me. Uh, we should be seeing some news come out in this summer on several of those. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but I think that uh, we'll create a project that could be an early start type oxide project that would be probably more suitable for the mid-tiers. Right, but, so if, you, but if you're building this thing out for Anglo Gold, mm -hmm. you know the way they want it. Yeah. So you're preparing it that way. Don't you get the Anglo Gold discount then? Well, we'll see. Right now, it would be an Anglo Gold premium for us. <laughs> so, well, okay. Because remember, okay. our, our market has a NAV on it right now of about 550 million, and our market cap is about 120. So there, there is opportunity for us here to, to have uh, uh, definitely, uh, it would translate into a premium for us, I think. That's interesting. So do you think there's room for people, like for, well, for, for retail high net worth family offices to step in here, or is it... You're, you guys are building this for Anglo. You've got a bunch of institutional money. I mean, yep. why should they pay attention to you? Well, I, I think it's a great opportunity for investors that want to be involved in the gold sector to buy in to a more leveraged deal than buying, say, a Newmont or a Barrick or uh, something like that that uh, would give them certainly more leverage and uh, uh, give them an opportunity for more exploration growth down the road. So I do think it's a, it's a good opportunity. And, uh, and the share price right now is at a very favorable level compared to what it's been over the last, say, six or eight months. Well, that's an interesting point you make. You say if people want to get into the gold space, is mining still a relevant investment class? Uh, you know, I think so, but I, I'm an American, right. and I see a lot of risk associated with the current market we're in, the broader market, 
And uh, what, what do you mean by that? The, you know, the general stock market looks to be highly valued to me. Right. And it looks like there could be an opportunity for a major correction, not a 10%, but more like a 20, 30, maybe even 40% correction. And in those times, as we've seen in the past, you want to be holding things like gold. And uh, so uh, I think it's a, it's a smart investment for certainly high net worth types and groups that are looking to diversify their exposure to the overall market. Do you think that that idea of you know, safe haven, gold's always been mm -hmm. safe haven, do you think that concept is understood by millennials or younger investors, perhaps haven't seen a few of these cycles? Is, is the Western investors, is that a, a thing anymore? Uh, you know, I think it is because in my day when I was the millennial, mm. I didn't understand it either and right. I didn't invest in it. Yeah. And so I think when you look at the more uh, strategic investor that looks further down the road, there's always those people in the market. They represent most of the value in the overall market right, right now. So, so I think, yeah, there's an understanding that you need to have diversification in your assets. That's interesting. There's a, there's a bigger discussion there. Yeah, I, I, I think. I'm not sure if I've heard an answer which works, but uh, generally with the conversations that we've had, it's, diff it's a difficult one. Yeah. And do you, so do you think mining needs to do a better job in terms of trying to tell that story? You know, uh, I think mining companies are doing a better job right now running their business. Right. And, and that's going to translate in to better dividends and better delivery for the shareholders that own their shares. And I think that's what we have to have in the future. Uh, certainly, if you're developing a project in a place like Nevada, where we are, it's much lower risk and greater opportunity you have as far as being able to generate significant cash from that mining opportunity, as opposed to maybe some riskier places in Africa and places like that. So I think we are going to fix that in our sector, mm. and we are gonna deliver value. If gold price goes up a couple hundred bucks, there's gonna be some very substantial dividends paid. And I think this time around, hopefully, the mining companies don't go blow all that money and they actually give it back to the shareholders, which is what they should be doing. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a tough one. There's a, you know, ifs and buts. If, if it goes up 200 bucks, it applies to lots of different things. But if it doesn't do that, you guys see yourself best place to maximize these assets that you've got in Nevada, safe yeah. jurisdiction, you yeah. kind of got the American premium, yep. as it were, with a potential buyer sitting on the shareholder register. Yeah, um, it's a question of between now and then delivering. So, what's what are you going to be delivering this year and next? So, what we're delivering right now is continuing our new discovery exploration work. We've we've just done a, a resource expansion drilling program on our motherlode deposit, which is actually great name, our by the largest. Way. Great yeah, name. great name <laughs> is our largest deposit we have. Uh, so we will update that resource base. It looks like it's going to be a significant addition to that. Mm. Uh, but m what we can really do is we're in an underexplored district. And so what we're doing right now is testing some of these new discovery ideas. Uh, and there are significant surface anomalies that we're testing. We start delivering on those assets like we have over the past five years on the other discoveries that we found in this mm. district then I think we're gonna to continue to put the pressure on and keep moving the value up for our shareholders. At the end of the day, I mean, our management group owns a little over 7% of the stock. We bought sure. that out of the market. We participated in the financings. We're shareholders like everyone else. 
and for uh, that's why we don't give warrants, that we get our value out of the share price at the end of the day, going out the door at the highest possible price. So who on your team is managing this balance between looking after the, the company, driving the mm -hmm. company forward, managing those risks, a lot of moving parts, mm -hmm. a lot of risk, and actually driving the share price. Those are two very different skill sets. How yeah. do you manage that? How do you balance that? We have a pretty good team. We have uh, our technical team that's driving the asset value and bringing it along and, and crafting the, the actual project that is gonna be of the highest possible value is a good team I've worked with for years from Anglo Gold. Yep. Uh, we just brought our new chairman in who was the chief operating officer for Anglo Gold Ashanti until just about a little over a year and a half ago. Right. Ron Largent, a uh, great guy. And, uh, and our, our actual marketing team, we have two guys that mm. do that and uh, they stay fully engaged with our shareholder base on a regular uh, uh, time so that we we keep everybody apprised at what's going on on the project and what we're doing and how we're spending their money. Remember, the shareholders buy our stock, that, that they give us money and we have to then spend it. You have right? to spend it, but you've also got to drive the share price. That's how they make yeah. money, right? Yeah. Shares, shares go up, they've made money. Exactly, and, and that is the only measure that we have at the end of the day. Uh, there's lots of other measurements you can do for these resource companies, but really at the end of the day, the key measure is, is that shareholder being able to sell his shares for more money than he bought them for? And can you give him that extra special value that comes during a transaction or a boom gold market? Can you? Yep. I'm pretty sure we're going to be able to do it. Great way to leave it. All right. Thanks, Thank Jeff. You. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. All right. Do come back and see us. All right. Will do. Thank you very much for watching our video. We do aim to give you informed and intelligent information with which to make your investment decisions. So if you liked what you just saw, please give us a thumbs up. And if you want to see more insightful, in-depth, honest, and unbiased interviews, then please click the subscribe button. So thanks again for watching and we look forward to seeing you again soon.